Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. First show of 2022. Hope you had a great holiday season, Christmas and New Year's, and hopefully some time off as well and plenty to get to as we uh, get back into hopefully a somewhat normal routine. Hope you'll be with us weekdays at 11 a.m. If you can't miss uh, listen to the live show, we're always available as a podcast available on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Obviously, getting started today, probably in a way that most of you hope we wouldn't, uh, IU goes on the road to the Bryce Jordan Center yesterday and loses to Penn State. It's a game IU needed to win to get this uh, full set of conference play underway on a good note. Uh, Indiana obviously wanting to become an NCAA team. Uh, 10-3 and three now are the Hoosiers, and unfortunately, when we think back about yesterday's game, uh, I've got a long checklist of things that uh, just did not go Indiana's way or they did not do right or did not do good enough to win, I don't think, any Big Ten basketball game. So we're going to review some of those things today. And obviously, I think for a lot of fans, there's been hope with a 10-2 and two, uh, start to the season that uh, this could be a turning point for IU. And games like Penn State in this tough conference are games that you've got to win, whether it's at home or on the road, and uh, Indiana just couldn't get the job done yesterday. So we'll cover that and more. Uh, lots to get to from that loss, and then we'll uh, look ahead to what's next for this uh, Hoosier team. Obviously, now that it's conference play from here on out, things are not going to get any easier uh, for IU. I think we're all aware of that. So let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have our headlines of the day, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the show, Tom Brew of Sports Illustrated Indiana, the Hoosiers Now website. He's going to join us in place of Zach Osterman, who is off this week, and Zach had a new baby, so congratulations to he and his wife and family. Uh, but Zach will be back with us again soon. Tom Brew filling in today, and uh, a veteran IU beat writer, and will he was at the game at Penn State yesterday, and uh, he'll be helping us review some of the things that did not go well for the Hoosiers in that Big Ten loss. Also, a little bit later in the hour, Chad Gilbert, he's the athletic director at Charlestown High School. He's a former coach here in the area, also a current member of the IHSAA executive board. He'll join us as we talk local basketball and sports here as we do each Monday to start the week. So a busy show for you. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. You can check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. 
All right, let's look at our headlines of the day, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I really, obviously, we're going to start with the IU loss yesterday. I really don't know where to begin. There were so many things uh, that uh, did not go well for IU yesterday. The offense uh, was not good. Obviously, Trace Jackson Davis, and I thought at times, Race Thompson uh, were the best offensive players, but even Trace Jackson Davis didn't have one of his better games, uh, including specifically from a rebounding uh, perspective as well. Uh, he did not rebound the ball. Indiana as a team did not rebound the ball well, but uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who's been very solid in that category all year long, was really of no help for IU in that yesterday. And interestingly enough, Mike Woodson actually addressed that. He's not afraid to call these guys out. I think we maybe learned that a little bit more yesterday after the game. He's not afraid to call out uh, specifically what's not working with certain guys, and he did mention Trace Jackson Davis and his lack of rebounding being an issue yesterday. I thought also, you know, Indiana just gets off to slow starts, and Penn State's a team that plays on a very uh, low tempo. If you look at the, the national averages out there, and Indiana allowed them to get off to a better start because of Indiana's slow start to the game, and that's something that uh, it's just odd. It continues again under Mike Woodson. I know there are some carryover in players from previous regimes, but Indiana just is a team that gets off to slow starts. And uh, Indiana, I'm not sure what was going on on the defensive side of things, especially in the second half, but Indiana really allowed Penn State to get some decent looks at uh, three-point shots yesterday. And uh, so Indiana, with with a lot of concerns, uh, you know, some of them have been ongoing through the non-conference season, and others maybe popped up just yesterday for the most part. But uh, definitely a game that gives you flashbacks of last season and the last few years where Indiana gets off to a slow start, where Indiana uh, just cannot close out a ball game, where Indiana has a lack of rebounding of defense, some of the very basic things that uh, game after game you think would get better, you think would improve, and that wasn't the case yesterday at Penn State. 61-58, the final score uh, in that ball game, really a very uh, a disappointing box score from top to bottom. Trace Jackson Davis with 20 points on 8 of 18 shooting. Uh, he was 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Uh, rebounds, he had 5 total in the game, and I thought this was interesting. He had 5 rebounds. All 5 of them were defensive rebounds. He did not have one single offensive rebound in the game yesterday. Also, Race Thompson, uh, pretty solid uh, at times. 4 of 7 shooting, 9 points. Had a total of 10 rebounds, so he was uh, one point away from a double-double yesterday. Then you've got Xavier Johnson with nine points. Uh, also, Rob Finnessy, who actually at times was maybe played better than what he has this season, including a late stretch there where he had five points in a row for IU. Uh, he had nine points in the game yesterday as well. But a very disappointing effort uh, by IU and again, another issue, and I haven't even mentioned this so far, but is guard play for the Hoosiers. Once again, very, very poor guard play and decision-making for the most part from start to finish in that game. I mentioned that Fennessey had uh, a, um, a, a, a good little stretch there, I thought, but generally the guard play for IU just not very solid. So uh, again, many, many issues for this IU team, and uh, it's IU, it's Big Ten play now, so things don't change. Things don't get any easier. There's not a mid-major opponent coming up next for the Hoosiers to to get back in the groove or to work some of these things out. Uh, it, it is uh, Ohio State coming up on Thursday and then uh, on Sunday, a week from yesterday, a game 
against Minnesota. The only thing I can say good about the schedule upcoming is, even though it's two Big Ten teams, Ohio State has had some COVID issues, so who knows exactly what they will look like. Uh, You could have said the same thing about Penn State, right? They hadn't played a game in like three weeks and uh, played pretty well against a dismal IU team yesterday. But the only thing I can say good for IU coming up is that both of the next two games this week on Thursday and Sunday will be home games in Bloomington for the Hoosiers. So uh, that obviously makes a difference. We know that in the Big Ten. We know that in college basketball. Uh, But then after two home games, IU goes on the road to Iowa City, uh, and then they play at Lincoln, Nebraska. So uh, two important home games coming up this week. Indiana trying to set the tone here as conference season fully begins, and yesterday was not the kind of tone uh, that you want to see, to be quite honest. Also, a couple other notes to pass along. We'll get more into the IU-Penn State game with our guest Tom Brew coming up in the next segment. But high school basketball, I know we mentioned this uh, before we went to the break uh, there after Christmas, or actually this came out I think right before Christmas, but uh, the New Albany-Jeffersonville game on Friday night is off. Uh, the Red Devils shut down until January 5th at last report. Uh, as far as practices go. So once they resume practice on January 5th, their next game for the Red Devils is now scheduled January 14th at Floyd Central. That will be the next game on their schedule that they will play. So they've had to bump some things around. Uh, How about this? Jeff's last game was December 22nd, a 74-67 win over at the Western uh, Louisville Western Tournament against Wagner. Uh, their next game, January 14th. So what is that, uh, three-plus weeks between games uh, for the 2-5 and five Red Devils? And speaking of the New Albany-Jeff game, it'll be played February 16th was when they were able to make it work. It's a Wednesday night at New Albany. So you want to talk about something odd, a big rivalry game between uh, two teams, two rivals, two Hoosier Hills Conference teams where normally you get a pretty good crowd, if not a sellout in most years. going to be really weird to have a weird feel for that game to be played on Wednesday night, but that is when it is set for February 16th. Also, coming out of the break here, going to be really interesting to see. There have been so many cancellations and postponements in college basketball because of COVID. We've basically seen all the conferences adjust their rules about forfeits including the Big Ten, who was one of the last conferences to do so uh, right before the first of the year when Big Ten play resumed. Uh, But what's it going to be like with high school sports uh, coming out of this Christmas break? I tell you what, every time I turn around, it seems like each and every day multiple times, so-and-so's got COVID or so-and-so's headed to get a COVID test. It's become uh, just so common, and this new variant, I guess, is so easy to spread Uh, But new rules, and we're going to get into that at some point this week, new rules from the CDC, uh, also some uh, guidance I've seen from the Indiana State Department of Health may make it easier to continue play or resume play quicker uh, for teams that have issues. But I do wonder, are we going to see a lot of games get postponed? Are we going to see more games get canceled? So far, uh, ADs I know in the area would say, knock on wood when you say this, Matt, So far, things have been fairly normal. I know the new Albany-Jeff deal is a big one because it's such an important game. Uh, But so far, things have been pretty normal as far as playing games uh, when they're supposed to be played on a normal schedule. But how does that look 
this let's say this weekend and the next few weeks coming out of this holiday break where there uh, was no school and there were a lot of gatherings and things of that nature. So that is going to be something interesting to watch for our local sports scene as well. And uh, again, some new guidance may make it easier to uh, keep things going or if you do have to shut down, resume quicker uh, because of a five-day quarantine as opposed to what used to be 10 days or even longer. So uh, that's something to pay attention to as well. But man, as you look across the the landscape in sports over the last two, three weeks, there have been so many games canceled and postponed and moved around. And I'm talking professional sports all the way to college. And again, very few issues with, uh, no question about that, very few issues with uh, high school sports so far, at least in our local area. But we'll see how that plays out in the coming weeks as well. I want to remind you the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line is open. I know a lot of you uh, sounding off already about the Hoosiers, and you can send in your message to us. We'll uh, read it on the air. Maybe you've got a question for Tom Brew on the IU team uh, coming up in the next segment. And download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings every day on fuel. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Tom Brew of Sports Illustrated Indiana, my guest, will talk IU Penn State. Not a good way to start the new year for the Hoosiers. Can they rebound? We'll go through what I think is a very long list of issues from that game yesterday. Stay with us for that. Also still ahead, Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director. He'll join me to talk local sports. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Tom Brew, he's with Sports Illustrated Indiana, joining us to uh, recap really some bad moments for IU basketball on Sunday afternoon in the loss to Penn State. You can read uh, Tom's work at uh, si.com slash college slash Indiana. You can also follow him on Twitter at Tom Brew Sports as well. Tom, thanks for joining us. I I think you're on the way back from uh, Penn State, if I've got it correct. Uh, Obviously, yesterday, just a number of bad notes, a number of bad moments for this IU team in their loss to Penn State. Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, certainly wrote about it uh, prior to the game. But, you know, the way the schedule set up for them early you know, was golden opportunity to get some some early wins, even on the road. And uh, this Penn State team uh, you know, hasn't really done much yet this year. And uh, certainly, Indiana was favored in that game as well. To, you know, to win, but uh, it didn't shoot very well, and they they let Penn State go on a little run there in the second half, and it was. Uh, it was sort of a trading punches type of game, but uh, it was one of those things where whoever made the first run was going to win, and that's exactly what happened. They uh, they let them get uh, get loose for some three pointers there, uh, kind of early to midway in the second half, and uh, they weren't able ever able to get back over the hump. 
Tom, there's so many different things that I think you could list. Defense, rebounding, slow start. Trace Jackson Davis uh, was really the only offensive bright spot, and it wasn't his best all-around game by any stretch of the imagination. But as Indiana gets to this new part of the year, a a new year, 2022, full Big Ten conference play the rest of the way, uh, there there aren't going to be any mid-major opportunities to work on some of these things or to get the kinks out once again like there have been the first part of the season. This is going to be all conference games all the time. And so for IU to have this many issues in their first game of the new year, I think is concerning and almost a flashback for a lot of fans to some of the previous seasons. Well, I, I uh, absolutely refuse to go to flashback mode because it's uh, – <laughs> This, I'm not going to do it. I mean, because this this team uh, plays a completely different style of defense. Uh, they play a completely different style of offense, and it's nothing like the Archie Miller teams of the past few years. Now, obviously, you've got uh, some players who are holdovers, but uh, you know, if you uh, if you think uh, Indiana's defense is the same as it was in the last four years, I'm just speaking in generics, Matt, not to you directly, but. If you think Indiana plays defense this year the same way they played it the last four years, you're dead wrong. I mean, Indiana has been very good defensively so far, and this was really the first game where they got confused in some of the the screen roll action up at the top uh, all year. I mean, they've covered the three-point line very well, and uh, all year long, and, uh, you know, other than a handful of little hot stretches for guys, they've been really good with that. I think that's one interesting thing defensively for Mike last night was, but they just didn't adapt to in the second half. And uh, uh, they knew it, they they worked on it, and they just didn't execute it. They were just uh, too many times they were a step slow to shooters. And, of course, you got to give Penn State credit when you get when they got open looks or even semi-open looks, you know, they knocked down the shots. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot of veteran guys on that three-point line. I was reminding people last night that, you know, they're seniors – you know, John Harar and uh, Miles Dredd and Sam Sessoms, they've been around forever. They've won more Big Ten games in the last four years than Indiana has. You know, and, uh, you know, they, you know, they've got players on that team. And, you know, they, they, they let them get looks. And, uh, you know, and for the first time really all year, uh, they were knocking them down. And they, they did that on a night where Indiana, who's you know, been shooting nearly 40% from three after the first game of the season, um, you know, couldn't make anything. They were only four for 17 themselves. And, you know, in, in, a, in a game where one three-pointer on either side makes a difference in the outcome, you know, that was, you know, 11 three-pointers to four was uh, was too big of a disparity because it was certainly, I mean, you know, to say that Indiana was one shot away from winning that game is absolutely true. Tom Bruce, Sports Illustrated Indiana, my guests were talking IU Penn State from yesterday. Tom, I'm curious your take on Indiana's guard play at this point of the season. I thought yesterday, including late in the game, Rob Finnessy had a nice little stretch for IU. But overall, Finnessy and uh, Xavier Johnson and, of course, Christian Lander, who we, we see very little of, your thoughts on Indiana's guard play as a whole at this point? Well, you mentioned the three-point guards, and uh, so I'll, I'll keep it at that for you uh, to answer this question. Uh, I think – uh, yeah, I, I have, to be honest, I mean, I, I host a podcast with Xavier and Rob both, but I've been really disappointed with Xavier's play uh, in the last two or three weeks or so. He's uh, uh, he's just, uh, he hasn't been making a lot of good decisions. Uh, he, he had nine points last night, uh, 
uh, and you know, missed kind of a key free throw at the end, but uh, he's still a little bit too far out of control. And you know, team and the Big Ten teams are you know are scouting Indiana really well, and I, I thought Penn State did a really nice job yesterday of taking away uh, the passing lanes. I mean, they they weren't letting Indiana's guards penetrate and then kick it to somebody, no matter who it was, whether it was inside or out. And uh, you know, and he you know he. He wasn't making uh, turnover-related bad decisions because they only had six turnovers the entire game, which was you know their cleanest game of the year. But he was just he forced a couple of shots, and then he missed guys uh, who you know there were a lot of times his passes to shooters on the perimeter were too high or too far to the left or the right, where there was their catch and shoot opportunities weren't very good. I thought Rob really did play well. He missed a couple of shots early, but. You know, that second half little run he had, he had seven points there, and that's you know in their in their comeback, including you know, a couple of quick baskets back to back when when Penn State got up ten. You know that 9-0 run, Rob was a real big part of that, and he's playing well. But they got nothing out of Parker Stewart, they got nothing out of Miller Cop. Uh, Tamar Bates came in off the bench, did nothing. Anthony Leo came off the bench, did nothing. Um, you know, it was just uh, it just wasn't you know you know the the perimeter guys. You know, it was. A lot of arguing on social media that you know that Johnson and Cop and Stewart shouldn't be in there starting, but the guys when they come in off the bench, they're not doing anything either. I mean, Rob's fantasy's really been the only guy off the bench who's been helpful on the perimeter at all in the last three or four games. So it's not like you can just uh, do massive benchings. You know, it's that's you got to kind of you know play with the hand you're dealt right now, and these just got these guys just need to be better. Talking with Tom Brew, recap of the IU-Penn State game from yesterday. Tom, on the Thornton's text line, I had a message that said, why does Thompson and Davis, Jackson Davis, have to sit out at the same time? Uh, unless Race had foul problems in the first half, he set out far too long. And I don't believe he had any foul problems in the first half. I did notice there was a stretch where he was out for a considerable period of time. Any, any, any response to that? Well, I think um... – a lot of that has has been consistent through the 13 games that uh, he likes playing. Uh, Mike Woodson likes playing that second unit uh, together. You, uh, now, uh, yesterday, uh, the gap with the two of them on the bench together was a little bit longer than usual, but not much. Only only like two minutes. Uh, that was only because you know action never stops. Uh, and usually, uh, what he likes to do is uh, take race out first and leave Trace in there. Uh, through that second media timeout, you know, and then put Michael Durr and Jordan, Jordan Geronimo in there, and then come back with Race first, and then Trace right after that. You know, but they both wound up on the bench, you know, for a little bit longer stretch. But you know, they uh, Woodson was very clear after the game that you know uh, Trace played 33 minutes and Thompson played 31, and uh, you know, and, and and he feels like Geronimo could help him, you know, off the bench for spurts and. He feels like Michael Durr just needs to keep playing and get in better shape, and uh, and I don't and I don't think those guys necessarily hurt them. But Durr was good on defense, I thought, and Jordan Geronimo made two baskets on both of his shots. I don't think they really hurt them any, and you know I still think many. You know, it's like you know I wrote earlier last week that when the Big Ten season started, if they had to play 36 or 38 minutes, you know that you know they're prepared to do that, but. So I think Mike also wants to keep them fresh for the end, and uh, you know it's like you know, you know it's a two-headed monster. It's always funny to me, you know, because a lot of people complain that they want to see Geronimo play more, 
But then when he comes in the game, they're complaining that race and trace are on the bench. You know, it's like you can only play five guys at a time, and you can only play in two interior guys. And the people who think that Geronimo should play on the wing instead of Morgan Miller Cobb, I think they're way off base because he's just not a perimeter player. Tom, obviously <laughs> Big Ten play continues next for the Hoosiers. Uh, later this week they take on Ohio State, a team that's had some – COVID issues and had a pause, missed a couple games. Minnesota coming up on Sunday as well. Both of those uh, in the friendly confines. I think uh, IU fans hope of Assembly Hall. Uh, the Big Ten uh, did update its policy on forfeitures related to the COVID-19 virus. Is this season coming out of this holiday break where some teams, including IU, had a chance to go home when there was some downtime. Is this season in the first part of this uh, this conference season here in January, could it look really crazy? I mean, college games have been postponed and canceled on a daily basis uh, by pretty big numbers here the last week and a half or so. Uh, do you think that there could be some wild moments as far as the Big Ten schedule goes here in January? Well, I, I think there's the potential for some postponements here and there. But I don't think it's going to be anything like last year because of, uh, like, you know, last year, if you got, you know, prior to the vaccines being available, if you got COVID, you had to sit out for 17 days. Well, now it's just a five, you know, if you're vaccinated and you test positive and you have no symptoms and then you test negative, it's just a five-day thing. So I think that you know, the turnaround will be much quicker for guys who get it. In Ohio State's case and in Penn State's case earlier, they had more than a you know, more than a handful of players get it all at the same time, so uh, you know that was a problem, and that could still occur. But you know, in the end, the guys when they left for Christmas, they were all careful. They all tested negative when they came back. I think they're being very smart and very judicious about what they're doing. So you, you just never know. But uh, the way they've changed the rules is a good thing. Because uh, the original the forfeiture plan was was just meant to be for you know if people were careless about getting vaccinated or careless about doing what they're doing. But around the league, and you know, Indiana's players, they all had to get vaccinated to go to the Bahamas anyway. So they, they've always been 100% compliant with everything uh, since the summer. And they've all, they've all been vaccinated, everybody on the team, coaches, staff, everybody. And they've all been boosted as well, too. So if by chance anybody uh, does test positive, especially this, you know, the new variant seems to be uh, for people who are boosted and such, you know, to, to not really be a major health uh, uh, risk, you know, it hasn't really knocked people off their feet. But it, you can still spread it if you got it. So I think the quarantining and stuff is there. But I, I think I think we're going to get through it. But we'll see. You just you never know. It's just you know sort of the world we live in right now. But uh, they're doing everything they're supposed to do uh, to keep everything on track. And I think I think we'll be okay. I've got my fingers crossed for sure, but uh, uh, I think now that we're into the Big Ten, they'll, they'll take good care of it. There's, I, don't know, I think I think we'll get all 20 games in. All right, that's, a, that's a good prediction for basketball fans because uh, coming out of the break here, obviously, I think everybody on edge as far as do things stay normal, do things uh, get off kilter as far as the schedule goes, and I'm talking all the way down to high school sports in our state, so uh, let's, let's hope that uh, that prediction of getting 20 in is right. That would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Tom, also the Big Ten this week, I mentioned Ohio State, Minnesota, both home games. Can you take us through this week with what you see upcoming for the Hoosiers? Well, I'm excited about it, to be honest, because uh, uh, for, for several reasons. One, uh, Indiana is, 
played you know very well at home, and they certainly feel more comfortable there. They certainly feel uh, more comfortable shooting for sure. They're shooting uh, over forty percent from three at home, uh, and, uh, and and playing well. And Ohio State and Minnesota are two very interesting teams to me because I think we all thought at the beginning of the season that Ohio State was a top ten team, but uh, they've struggled to win some games that they, they should have won easily. Uh, but uh, Chris Holtman said last night that those kind of helped them get through last-minute situations like they did last night at Nebraska. So I'm curious to see how Indiana plays against Ohio State. And they've got a freshman who scored 35 points last night, hit six threes. I'm excited to see him. And E.J. Liddell and uh, Trace and Race really battle it inside, so that'll be fun. And Minnesota, yeah, I predicted them to be one of the bottom three teams of the league, but they've played very well so far under Ben Johnson, the first-year head coach. A lot of that, I thought, was schedule-related early because they weren't really playing anybody tough. But you know, when the Big Ten uh, had their December week, you know, they went to Ann Arbor and they beat the crap out of Michigan. They really did. I was really impressed by that. So uh, so I'm curious to see them, too. And uh, Indiana has played fairly well against Minnesota at home in the, in the, you know, in the recent past. You know, so, but these are certainly now, after losing uh, yesterday, you know, these two home games are really critical for Indiana. Tom, you've been on the IU beat uh, for many different years, and I want to—you mentioned made mention of this earlier, and I want to bring it back up again. But on the Sports Illustrated Indiana website, you have hosted a weekly podcast with Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy, which is made possible because of the new name, image, and likeness guidelines that the NCAA now allows for. You did the same thing back during the football season as well. Uh, how's that going, and what's it like to get up-close personal uh, opportunities to hear from these players in the middle of their season, something at IU especially, a school that's been fairly guarded with media opportunities and player availabilities with the media. What's it been like to kind of unravel a new insight into some of these players in the middle of their year? Well, I've uh, totally loved it, Matt, because it's uh, you know kind of much like our opportunity here today, where we can talk for fifteen or twenty minutes. You know, to have that, you know, to be able to do a thirty-minute podcast with these two guys. Uh, basically every week we took some time off over the holidays, but and we'll, and, uh, and we'll do the, another show uh, tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night at 7.30 uh, on my website. Uh, we're doing everything uh, online uh, right now for the basketball guys. You want to keep them out of uh, public situations because of COVID. Uh, but uh, uh, it's been great because, and you know, the journalist and me, I told both of them before we started that uh, – you know, there, are, there are no. I'm not going to hold back with my questions. So um, when I've had to be uh, critical or ask their opinions of, of poor play or poor decisions or poor things that happen, both of them have been great about giving wonderful, honest answers. You know about what's been going on, and uh, you know I think it's been very entertaining. It's been uh, good for the players. I think they enjoy it too. And like you know, yesterday in the post game, you know we got Trace and Race. You know, we we were able to talk to them for four minutes. Well, to sit down with these two guys and talk to them for thirty minutes is a wonderful thing. You know, and we can preview previous games. We you know can look ahead. We'll look ahead a lot to Ohio State Thursday. But you know, I'm real curious to see what those two guys have to say about yesterday's game. And uh, it's been very entertaining for the fans before. And the football stuff was great too. We got a lot of fan interaction with Michael Penix Jr. and Michael McFadden all fall. And, and those guys too. They were very honest about everything all the time. It's uh, you know it was very entertaining and it's good for them. I'm, I love the whole 
NIL thing where they have the opportunity to do this. It doesn't take away from anything. It's like, you know, on a, like, like tomorrow night at 7.30, they will have already uh, worked, shot up, got shots up in the morning. They will have already worked out and they will have already practiced. And they go home and have some dinner and they sit down and talk to me for 30 minutes. It's no different from what most every college kid does. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very entertaining. And uh, I've done that with them. And, of course, I do a podcast uh, with Sasha Stefanovic at Purdue as well. Uh, for our Sports Illustrated Purdue site, and we do that one live at, at Mad Mushroom Pizza up there, and that's you know, and obviously uh, that's been uh, incredibly well received up there because that fan base is just very excited about their number three ranked team. So it's been an enormous amount of fun for me to you know to, to do these podcasts. I've obviously got four decades of newspaper experience, but I've done you know my fair share of talk radio and such too. So to do these kind of interviews in a podcast format, I've just thoroughly loved it. Yeah, good stuff, and you can read it at si.com slash college slash Indiana. It's the Sports Illustrated Indiana website. Tom, before we let you go and continue, hopefully, your safe trip back here to the Hoosier State, I do want to mention the IU women yesterday. They defeated number 6-ranked Maryland. What a great game and overtime contest that was, and the IU women very hopeful that they can have a big-time season as well. Absolutely. I I really felt horrible that uh, both those games were basically at the same time because I didn't get an opportunity to see it. And, uh, but uh, uh, certainly uh, for your readers, uh, to go to our website, we I do have uh, uh, Haley Jordan who works for me. We cover Indiana's women's team full-time too. So uh, we have uh, previews and game stories and features you know, on Indiana's women's team all the time too. But that was a huge win because you know, they have, you know, Obviously, they made an Elite Eight run last year. They're hoping for more this year. They played a really tough schedule early. and uh, you know, They played Stanford early and NC State early, uh, two you know, top-five teams. And they lost both of those games. So yesterday, you know, to play Maryland, who's been you know, ranked as high as number two in the country this year, and they've, Indiana has never beaten them before. So to get over that hump and win a game in overtime, is, you know, Assembly Hall was very loud, I guess. I was talking to Haley earlier. And, the atmosphere was great. It's a huge win for them, and certainly gives them the upper hand in the Big Ten. I would, I know Terry and her kids would really love to win a Big Ten championship at the very least uh, this year. So that was a huge hurdle to get over Maryland, and uh, I hope people uh, support that team as well too. They're playing a very uh, entertaining brand of basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Brew with us here on this Monday program to talk IU, Penn State, and more. Tom, it's always. Great to catch up, and I know down the line here just a bit we'll talk more IU hoops and Big Ten basketball with you. Absolutely, and for all your Southern Indiana people, uh, Mike Shrewsbury gave out a little Jeffersonville shout-out last night in his uh, post-game press conference, too, and how much it meant to him to, to beat Indiana and, uh, and uh, you know, growing up in Jeffersonville as a young kid, how much Indiana basketball meant to him. So uh, I always appreciate all my Southern Indiana fans down there to Always been great supporters of my work and even my books and stuff like that. Uh, always look forward to spending my time with your with your people down there. Absolutely. Again, Tom Brew with us here on this Monday edition of the program. And, and great to mention there to close things out about Micah Shrewsbury. Obviously, he's been on this show before, uh, spent a lot of time with his family in Jeffersonville. And you hate to see, if you're an IU fan, obviously Penn State get a win, but uh, that was Shrewsbury's first Big Ten victory as a head coach. And if you followed 
his career, what he's done as an assistant coach and in the NBA and so many different stops with all the great minds in basketball that he has worked for. And if you know him at all, you understand he just he's a highly intelligent guy himself. Uh, there's no question at all that uh, he's going to have some success uh, at Penn State uh, and obviously getting a win over Indiana yesterday, his first conference win is a big mark as well. As we head to break, want to tell you about Case Foundation and Waterproofing. Guaranteed work with free estimates. You can stop fighting over water today. Call the pros at Case. The number is 502-376-7706. That's Case Foundation and Waterproofing, serving us locally here since 1944. We'll head to a break. When we come back, Chad Gilbert joins. We're going to talk local sports, including high school basketball. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday program. Chad Gilbert, he's the athletic director at Charlestown, also a former coach in the area and currently on the IHSA executive board representing Southern Indiana. My guest to talk local sports, Chad. Uh, the holidays were fun, lots of basketball for most teams in the area, but now I'm glad to be back in a normal schedule where we get a lot of Friday, Saturday uh, double headers for teams, some big conference games, some big rivalry matchups ahead. And before you know it, the girls' season, sooner rather than later, is going to be headed to the postseason. And not, not long after that, we'll be talking about pairings and sectionals and so forth on the boys' side as well. Uh, we're moving through this year. Matt, first off, former coach in the area at the Jeffersonville High School, boys and girls coach. Make sure you – we're on the record for that. First of the year, but, you got to re restate your case, I guess, here. for That's right. That's right. Just put the resume out there. Hey, But, no, you're exactly right, Matt. You think about this girls' season. It's winding down. I mean, we're in the stretch run. I think we've got eight games this month. I've seen some teams have six games. So it's wrapping up really quick. And it's something that, you know, I think the girls' season's kind of broke down a little bit different than the boys, where the boys have two months here to get ready. And like you said, there's a lot of Friday, Saturdays coming up, double weekends. And as an athletic director, those are something that you got to be really careful on because you want to stagger those weekends. If you always, if you have a Friday, Saturday, home-and-home, home, don't count on a big crowd Saturday. You want to have one at home, one on the way, one away, and then that way it continues to make your crowds come in. Hopefully with this uh, – COVID things, we will continue to have large crowds like we've had so far and continue to give our kids an opportunity to play. Matt, one thing that you talked about is in January, as an AD and as a coach, I always like to have a Tuesday, Friday, Saturday game. And what that does is, you know, it was kind of a sectional week, kind of a rundown for sectional where we had an opportunity. This is how we're going to prepare for a Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, which is what it takes to win the sectional. I think that's good for teams to come in and, uh, 
and kind of have that be able to draw back on that sectional week. The one thing that comes into play, though, there's always that week of girls sectional where a lot of teams play on Thursday nights, if you recall. And that's something that, uh, believe it or not, we've had pretty good luck with Thursday night games up here just because uh, it's something different, something throughout the week. It's something that gives an, a kids an opportunity to play at a different time. Chad Gilbert, my guest on local sports. Uh, Chad, uh, high school basketball, obviously, this year. There have been some good moments, and there's, we think, some good games and times ahead. I don't think there's any question about that. But, and I want to put this as friendly as I possibly can, because obviously I, I think we both are promoters of the area and love uh, high school basketball here in southern Indiana. But I, I have been a little disappointed so far because, for whatever reason, there has not been – really a dominant team so far this season. Floyd Central, I think, has had moments where they've shown what they could be, uh, but they've lost a few and it, you know, maybe would, would have the number one ranking, I think, locally right now. Uh, but other teams in the area, there's not been you know, someone that's in the top ten right now of the, of the 4A, 3A, 2A poll. There's not somebody in the coaches poll that's getting a lot of votes and that's, I don't even think, in the top 20 right now from our area. So I think we've got some teams that can have success when we get to the postseason. I think that we have some good teams here, obviously, but no one has really taken uh, that title and ran with it as team of the area that's the big front runner to do some big stuff in the postseason, at least on the boys' side so far this year. My goodness, Matt, what are you going to complain about next? Digital tickets? Come on, give us a break. We've been spoiled in southern Indiana. Think about how we've been spoiled. Dating back to Romeo. When was Romeo a freshman, Matt? Are we talking eight years ago? Uh, Gosh, let's think about that. Yeah, I think so. You know, so think about the last eight years, how spoiled just Clark Floyd County has been. With with the talent. You know, if the COVID doesn't hit two years ago, you're looking at Brandon Hoffman and Silver Creek doing Marion Giants type of stuff, three-peats, back-to-back-to-back state championships. Romeo with a state championship. Romeo who starts for the Celtics. We ha- and, th- and that's just off the top of my head. You know, you think back a little bit where you have Braden Hobbs and Jeremy Kendall, who, have bo- who were both uh, Jeffersonville New Albany products, who led Bellarmine to a national championship. Really, really spoiled with what we've had here, and I hope our fans understand that, that – we were really blessed to witness some really good basketball and some really good players. That being said, that doesn't mean now is still not a great time. I think there's a lot of parity. I think that brings a lot of excitement. And I think in your tournaments, you know, it, it brings a lot of matchups. I think that where coaching really comes into play because there's a lot of even teams out there, and it's going to be one of those deals where who can execute, who can take someone's strengths away and exploit their weaknesses, and you as a head coach on your team who can show your strengths and hide your weaknesses. So a lot of cat and mouse going on, and I think it's going to be an excellent tournament, an excellent uh, two months here, just to kind of see where people stand. Chad Gilbert, my guest, we're talking uh, local sports, including high school basketball here to begin the new year. All right, uh, let, let's go through some of your New Year's resolutions, Chad. Uh, not not personal stuff, but for sports in the area, for basketball in the area, what are some things you wish for here in Clark and Floyd County as we start uh, the year 2022? Well, you know, I think one of the things, Matt, is you know, first we want to make sure everyone's healthy. We want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to continue to play, continue to have a good season. And everyone, you know, cherishes their time as a high school athlete, whether that's the players, whether that's 
the parents, you know, I was, I was talking to a local coach today about, you know, the opportunities kids have had, you know, 17, 18 years old, before I played in the tournament out of state, these kids are playing every weekend out of state at different places. I hope the kids and the parents realize the opportunities they have and understand that, you know, you only got four years to wear that jersey of your high school. And hopefully that's something that we can continue to have pride in. And to be honest with you, Matt, uh, Moving forward, I'm not sure how that's going to look. You know, whether it's just going to be hired guns, where guys go to whatever school they want, and there's not that. You know, I grew up wanting to play for Charlestown Pirates. I grew up wanting to be a New Albany Bulldog. I grew up wanting to be a Jeffersonville Red Devil, a Floyd Central Highlander. I don't know how much more of that we're going to see. You know, it's, it's one of those deals that moving forward, you may see some guys that just kind of transfer. And with the be- when here's the line, Matt, I'm doing what's best for my kid. Yeah. Remember that line because that's always the bell. That's that's like uh, it's uh, do what's best for kids, you know, and that and that's it. I'm always doing what's best for my kid. And remember that line as, as move as things move forward because I think you're going to see a lot of that balance coming up. Um, another thing, you know, we hope for is hopefully you know the north and the south can get back a little bit of separation that Indianapolis is having because Indianapolis continues to separate itself in all sports through the rest of the state. And that's something that is a major concern. And it's something that uh, I don't know the answer to, but I'm, I'm hoping it's something that our uh, our teams can continue to work hard, continue to get better, and, and just play their best and, and, and enjoy their time as a high school athlete. Yeah, good stuff. Chad Gilbert, he's currently the athletic director at Charlestown High School and joins me on Mondays as we talk uh, local sports and, of course, this time of year, Lots of high school hoops, there's no question about that. Chad, thank you for the appearance today and uh, look forward to having you with us uh, hopefully most every Monday in 2022. Matt, let's make a resolution that we get on and do a couple of IHSA sectional games together, (laughs) play-by-play in color, man. I thought you and I did a great job with that years past. Let's bring it back again. That's been been some fun. Gosh, Chad, when's the last time we did a game together? I think it was probably seven, eight years ago. Yeah, girls sectional at Jeffersonville, I think. So, Jeffersonville, that's exactly yeah, right. Jeffersonville yeah. versus Bedford, sectional yeah. championship. Been a long time. Thank you, Chad. Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Absolutely. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. A reminder that uh, I want to tell you about our friends at uh, Case Foundation and Waterproofing. Guaranteed work with free estimates. Stop fighting water today. Call the pros at Case. The number is 502-376-7706. That's Case Foundation and Waterproofing since 1944. 502-376-7706. We're back with you here in the new year. Uh, Be here every day this week. No more off days. No more holidays. Uh, You can catch us live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A reminder, if you missed the live show here on the Big X, we're always available as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. You can listen on demand. And a reminder, each day we love to hear from you. The Thornton's text line is always open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- 
414-1450. Appreciate those of you that send in uh, your thoughts and questions and comments and compliments and and uh, things you like and don't like. Uh, all of it's welcome and uh, appreciate those of you that do participate with the show and would love to get more of you involved with uh, those things each and every day here on the Hoosier Report. That's going to wrap it up for this Monday show. We'll be back Tuesday. Busy week. IU with games coming up Thursday and Sunday. And Indiana now in a position here very early where they're uh, in a big need of a Big Ten Conference win or two here early on. That uh, will be it for today. Back with you at 11 o'clock tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>